We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to Lakers Nation Live. I am Trevor Lane. The Lakers, whew, just barely get the win over the Houston Rockets, 105-104. We will take it. LeBron James splits a pair of free throws with 1.9 seconds left to put the Lakers ahead by one. Dylan Brooks missed what would have been an ironic heave to win the game, and the Lakers get the W. We'll take it. LeBron my goodness, had to play 40 minutes in this one. That's not great, but dropped 37 points. What a performance from him. Austin Reeves had a nice game. The Lakers as a team, though, couldn't shoot the ball in this game. This would have been a blowout had the Lakers shot reasonably well from behind the three-point line. They could not do it, but nonetheless, they walk away with the win, so we'll take it. A lot to break down from this game, not just LeBron's incredible performance, but also there was some trickery by Darvin Ham, some things that were adjusted that we saw during this one. And we'll talk a little bit about that specifically with how he used Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. We'll get into that. We'll get into a little bit more Rui Hachimura being used in this game as well. And of course, be taking your questions and comments. So welcome to all those you are coming in live over on the YouTube channel, over on Facebook, on X. Of course, the way it works for anybody who's new, who hasn't joined our show before, uh, I am going to go through the chat. We're going to talk about Lakers basketball throughout the show. And uh, super chat questions, those are the ways that you make sure that your question or comment gets uh, gets brought up and gets put on screen. Even if I don't get it, get to it in this show, it'll wind up on tomorrow's show if we don't have enough time to get to all of those questions. So that's the way to make sure that your question gets addressed. It's using the super chat, but I will be going through all of them. Make sure you guys check out the Lakers Nation YouTube channel's membership program because we do offer some pretty cool perks, if I do say so myself. All right. Let's get to it. So the Lakers, again, get the win 105 to 104. Uh, they needed the W. This makes them three and one on the week, which is what we were predicting, what we were hoping for when we looked ahead to this week, that the Lakers would go three and one. And that is indeed what they did. Once again, LeBron James, absolutely incredible. 14 of 19 shooting from the field. Good Lord, LeBron. Two of five from three. He's been shooting the three extremely well. Six boards, eight assists, three steals, 37 points for LeBron James. In fact, let's, yeah, let's, let's not even, let's not even mess around with it. 
superstar of the night. LeBron's the superstar of the night. I mean, come on. There's there's no question here. LeBron James, superstar of the night, 37 points, helps carry the Lakers to a win. Let's go. Anthony Davis, 27 points, 10 boards, three assists, two steals, one block. Pretty full stat line, but also six fouls. Fouled out at the end of the game on a questionable charge call. The Lakers couldn't challenge it because they challenged another Anthony Davis charge from the first half and lost, so they didn't have a challenge to use. And Anthony Davis, unfortunately, wasn't able to close out the game. That gave the Rockets some easy buckets late in the game because all they had to do was give the ball to Alper and Sengun. And same thing we saw when the Lakers took on the Rockets without AD in their previous meeting. The Lakers didn't have anybody that could come anywhere close to stopping Sengun without Anthony Davis out on the floor. But nonetheless, solid performance from Anthony Davis, no question. But unfortunately, wasn't able to help finish the game. Otherwise, maybe it wouldn't have been such a tight race down the stretch. Now, Austin Reeves also had a pretty nice outing, 17 points. He did miss a free throw late, but five of six from the free throw line, six boards, six assists, five of seven shooting, hit a deep three, a really deep three uh, to give the Lakers a, a lead at the end. That was great to see Austin taking and making a big shot, particularly with D'Angelo Russell having a cold shooting night. D'Lo's been hot recently, but just one for eight in this one. Speaking of cold shooting, yeah, look at the three-point shooting for the Lakers. Only finished 20.7% from three. Cam Reddish, one for five, still did some great things defensively. Look at that, three steals for Cam Reddish. We'll take that, but one of five from three. LeBron was two of five, that's fine, but Torian Prince, 0 for four. D'Angelo Russell, one for five. Rui Hachimura, 0 for four. Christian Wood, 0 for three. Yikes. Again, if the Lakers shoot just a normal, just an average shooting night from behind the arc, this game's a blowout win. Unfortunately, they didn't, but at least they still walked away with the W because that would have been tragic had they shot that poorly, gotten that performance out of LeBron and still lost, and they almost did. But again, the Lakers did not shoot the ball well as a team. LeBron James, fortunately, was absolutely fantastic in this one. All right, let me get into some of your chat questions and comments. Welcome, Daniel, a new Lakers Nation YouTube channel member. Welcome in. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be recording the weekly look ahead. So last week, we looked ahead to the four games the Lakers had. We were predicting a 3-1 and one record at the end of the week. We'll take a look ahead to next week, and we'll see what's what. And that'll be for our, our all-star tier. So welcome in to you, Daniel. Andrew said, LeBron is insane. AD dominant. Reeves clutch. Much better activity on defense and preventing offensive rebounds. Yeah, let's take a peek at that. Offensive rebounds. So for... The Rockets, they wound up finishing with six offensive rebounds. The Lakers with 10. That's all you can ask for. That's getting it done. That's winning the offensive rebound battle. Lakers didn't give up like 19 offensive rebounds, which they have in a game. So we'll certainly take that. Uh, offensive Love feeding AD the ball in the post. Master locks Sengun's off arm, pushing defender's arms every time he shoots a layup. He does do that. He also flops a lot. He's very talented. I'm a fan. I like his game. But... Yes, he does tend to use the off arm a little bit, and he does flop. We do see that um, from Alper and Sengun. I don't know if that's going to be my master lock yet. I actually have something else in mind right now, but that's not a bad pick. That's not a bad pick. And for anybody new, you're going to find out what the master lock is in just a little bit. It is mostly everybody's favorite segment. Uh, Koa said, if just one of LeBron or ED had an average game, we'd have been destroyed. How many wide open threes did we badly miss? Glad Austin Reeves made that three. Prince trade. So yeah, again, 
the Lakers shot poorly from three and on a lot of just wide open looks and just couldn't get them to fall. Hopefully that means that next game against the Utah Jazz, which will be an in-season tournament game, the last of which if the Lakers win it, then they definitely advance out of their group because they would be undefeated in group play. But uh, hopefully the Lakers will hit, will hit some threes in that one and the, the numbers will come back around and we'll just say, well, it was a bad shooting night. As far as the Prince trade, you know, it's funny because I see this, I see this um, going around on, on social media a lot, right? When a player has a bad game, we react and we say trade him. But Prince has been struggling. Prince has been struggling shooting the basketball recently. Now, he started off the season shooting the ball well, has not shot the ball well in the month of November. In fact, for the month of November, he is right now shooting 22% from three. This is a guy who said he wanted to shoot over 40% from three on the season. And in October, he did that. He shot 41% from three in October. November, 22% from three. He also had a high volume of shots taken in this game. Torian Prince, one for 11 shooting, four three-point attempts. That's a lot of shots taken by Torian Prince. In fact, that's the third most on the team. And he shot, and he only made one of them. That's not good. But here's the thing. If we believe that that's just what Torian Prince is, he's just a bad shooter, and this stretch here in November is reflective of who he really is as a player, who's going to trade for him? First of all, the Lakers can't trade him until December 15th. Just That's per league rules because they signed him over the summer. Can't trade him until December 15th. But if this is just what he is, who's trading for him? It's Whenever a guy starts playing poorly, people go, to, oh, trade him, get somebody better. Well, why would a team trade somebody better if they believe that's what this guy is. Or you look at it the other way and you say, yeah, this is a slump. It sucks, but he's going to bounce back because he's had a long career where he shot much better than this. So you believe that the numbers are going to come back around. Depends on how you want to look at it. I get the frustration, but sometimes you just got to stick with guys. And in the long run, it pays off. We've seen it happen in the past. Face reality. said so D'Lo and Prince, two for 19 from the field. One of them can't start. So that's the other piece though. Just because I'm saying you don't just rage trade Torian Prince, that doesn't mean you can't take a serious look at potentially removing him from the starting lineup. I don't, you know, defensively, he's been okay. He's a little better chasing on the perimeter. But look, there have been a lot of fans saying, why don't they just start Rui? And I thought Rui did get uh, more minutes in this game than we've been seeing in some recent ones. 32 minutes in this one compared to 23 from Torian, 24 really from Torian when we round up. But Rui, 32 minutes, that's been flip-flop most nights. It's been Torian getting more minutes than Rui. Do you consider just starting Rui, even while acknowledging that Torian is probably the better chaser on the perimeter? Do you just start Rui Hachimura and say, hey, we're going to be, we're going to go bigger and we're going to go with Rui at the three? You know, it, it's not like Rui shot lights out in this game either, though. Four for 10 and 0 for 4 from three. If Rui was like two for four, then you'd have, I think, a stronger argument. But I think you could make the case right now but it's not like Rui set the world on fire. He's been shooting better overall, but didn't shoot great in this one. Beast mode. Why did Ham, why Ham went small on that last defensive possession? So, okay. So Darvin Ham, Anthony Davis fouls out. Alper and Sengun just annihilated. Well, Rui got a stop on him once, and then Sengun annihilated Rui the next possession. Sengun annihilated LeBron on the next possession. Why didn't Ham go big? So the other option is Christian Wood. And I think we have to remember that or Jackson Hayes. And you got to remember on both those guys, LeBron is actually stronger than both of them. He weighs more than either one of those guys. So do you, if you're Darwin, 
and again, I'm just trying to, obviously he got scored on, but just to frame the, the decision here, if you're Darvin, do you go smaller? Trust that LeBron's physical strength can hold off Sengun a little bit. And that's the way you're going to go. And then the rest of your floor has more versatility. Or do you put in, say, Christian Wood and hope that Christian Wood's length defending one-on-one will allow him to contest a shot, even though he's more of a weak side shot blocker than anything? And again, LeBron has 20 pounds on him and is physically stronger. I'm not saying it was the right decision because obviously LeBron got scored on, but there's not a good option there. And this is where... If we're if you're the Lakers and you're looking at what do we need to go get? We have a 15th roster spot open. It's probably not going to be today or tomorrow, but eventually, do they need to go get a big physical center? Like if you could bring in a center who's 6'10 to 7'1 and is 250 plus to put in in that scenario, maybe that would be a good thing because Jackson Hayes is not physical enough to deal with Sengun. I don't know that Christian Wood is either. Probably wouldn't hurt to have like a true big to throw on the floor. Now, who is that? How do you find that player? That's another question. But maybe, and look, the Lakers have other things they need to do too. They have other needs to fill. But maybe that's the way they go ultimately because they certainly could have used somebody in that specific moment. Man, besides Braun, AD, Vando, everybody else on the chopping block, if they don't improve because Braun can't sustain a carry job before injury, our role players performed last year and this year guys are failing us need to improve Yeah, tonight. It was really just the shooting. I thought defensively, the Lakers did some good things. I like some of their rotations that they had some of the switching they used. It wasn't all great, but overall I thought that we saw a more concerted effort from the Lakers in the defensive end. And again, if you shoot just an average shooting night, this is a blowout win. Like, that was the level they played at. They just couldn't hit their threes in this game. And, and so that was unfortunate. Obviously, it would change the narrative behind this game quite a bit had they hit just a decent level of their threes, but instead they were atrocious behind the arc. That said, I, I do think the Lakers, look, they've got a lot of very tradable contracts. And if the decision is made come trade season, we're talking December 15th to February 8th, if the decision is made, hey, we need to do something here, the, I think the Lakers will have opportunities to do so. I think they will. Mission 86, I have given these Lakers nothing but love, so why are they trying to kill me? Hey, at least they won. At least they won. Anyway, now again, but not like that. Fair. Fair, right? It Look, it was stressful, but at least they won. At least they won. Trevor Lane Stan, apparently I have stands, said, let's take a step back and compare this spry LeBron versus LeBron we saw in the playoffs. He's clearly much more comfortable with driving in the lane. Absolutely. This is what we talked about. I talked about this this summer. I talked about it last summer. When LeBron, both summers, LeBron spent time uh, recovering from an injury. We saw him, or no, it was two summers, I guess, before that. LeBron playing on a serious foot injury. If you looked at if you and I heard this from a lot of fans of other teams, saying, well, LeBron's washed. LeBron doesn't have it anymore. Look at the playoffs. LeBron can't will a team to victory anymore. Blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, look, yes, LeBron is not what he was in 2013, 10 years ago. It's not the same. There's no question about that. It's not quite as explosive. He can't be a lockdown defender all game, every game. But if you looked at the playoff LeBron from this past summer 
and said, that's simply what he is, you're just wrong because you're not ad admitting that he's playing on an injured foot. You're not accounting for that. So yes, it doesn't surprise me that Le LeBron looks more spry when he's not playing on an injured foot. And right now he's playing on an injured calf to a degree, but it's not the same as having a torn tendon in your foot. So yeah, not a shock that LeBron looks more athletic right now than he did a few months ago during the playoffs. I am ambiguous. Uh, LeBron is clearly star in your role. Thanks for winning me 50. So he gets the star in your role award as well for like the best role player. Hmm. He's the MVP of the league right now. Oh, Austin Reeves star in your role. Okay, so you were going superstar of the night for LeBron. Austin Reeves star in your role. And Master Lock, I poke Bears Brooks for randomly hitting all these threes. Let's go Lake Show. Sub to Lakers Nation, peeps. Well, I certainly agree with that last part, especially if you guys are on the YouTube channel right now and you have not subscribed. Hit that subscribe button. Help us get to half a million subscribers. Pretty, pretty crazy. We're getting there slowly but surely, but hit that subscribe button and then hit the like button on this video as well. Um, yeah, I mean, Dylan Brooks, I guess give him credit. He's shot the three pretty well this season. Suddenly he can do that. Six for 11 for three from Dylan Brooks. Go figure. Torian Prince is 0 for 4. Christian Wood can't hit a 3. D'Lo's not hitting threes. And Dylan Brooks is suddenly Steph Curry or something. Wow. I poke bears Dylan Brooks. Wicked Bronco said, Tonight's game almost gave me a heart attack, Latrev. Sorry about that, man. It was a, it was a close one, that's for sure. My Broncos came back to win. Oh, so you were watching the Broncos game at the same time. They did come back to win. And the Lakers came in clutch. Nice to have both my pro teams winning again. Also, Dylan Brooks is still too small. Yes, LeBron hit the too small on him. Let's ride BC and LN. Well, you had a good day then, didn't you? A stressful day, but a good day. Both your teams got the win. Face Reality said, Goat James is in incredible shape. 37 points. AD looked better. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. AD did look better in this one. That was great to see. Great to see. Good thing the last shot went to Dylan Bricks. Well, he had shot the ball pretty well. I was When the ball went to him, there was a moment. Not long because there wasn't much time on the clock, but there was a moment where in my head I went, oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Not, not like this. Not like that. And I feared that some blind heave was going to go in just to torture us from Dylan Brooks. Fortunately, the basketball gods said, we like to play pranks, but that's that's just, that's too cruel. That's too cruel. We're not going to do that to you. Thank you, basketball gods, by the way. Chriso said, we need to talk about LeBron still being a top three NBA player when he feels like it and automatically master lock Dylan Brooks. Seriously, do it now. Dylan Brooks just automatically gets the master lock every night. Every time they play him, he's just an auto master lock. Yeah. Is he, is he up there? Like Jay Crowder is an auto master lock right now. Anytime Matt, the optimist Peralta is on is Dylan Brooks now in that kind of rarefied air. Cameron Payne. It's the same way. LeBron being a top three NBA player when he feels like it. I mean, it's hard to argue, you know, LeBron made the point last year at the end of the season that yeah, he might, he could retire, but he also feels like he's better than 95% of the NBA still. So why retire? He's not wrong. He's not wrong. You look at what he's doing out there, and it's incredible. You know what? I'll tell you what. This is 
I I actually caught a little bit of flack from the chat last game because I was talking about LeBron and him missing box outs um, and, and that leading to some offensive rebounds. And this game, I thought LeBron did a much better job. I thought he was way more attentive to that. And even the plays where he couldn't get a hand on the rebound, he did a really nice job tipping the ball to a teammate and, and seeing and reading where to tip the ball on the floor. There were a number of times where he was able to do that so the Lakers still were able to to um, to get the board. So that was great to see. Again, the offensive rebounding, one of the big keys coming into the game. It's been a problem for the Lakers. They're dead last in the NBA in second-chance points given up. And so given how poorly they shot it, they really had to shut down the offensive rebounding opportunities for the Rockets, and they did it. And again, give credit to LeBron. Give credit to LeBron. Um, he did a much better job on the glass in this game. All right, let's see. We've got Patrick said, holy smokes, we just squeaked that one out. The Lakers are trying to take years off my life with those late game missteps. I mean, there were some missteps, but there were also some great plays, right? Austin Reeves hitting that three. LeBron getting the foul call and spinning so well. The, the pass was great on that inbounds. LeBron spins, gets fouled, shoots the free throws. Uh, it was a nice play design that actually had off-ball movement as well, which... We haven't seen enough of, I think. We've seen a little bit too much stagnation from the Lakers' offense off-ball, although we did see um, a little bit more of it in this game, and that play in particular did have some off-ball movement, which was a nice change. Speaking of which, speaking of which, um, a change. I don't know if you guys saw it, but towards the end of the first half, Darvin Ham started doing offense-defense substitutions, putting in, I believe it was Torian Prince, in for Austin Reeves on a defensive possession and then putting Austin back in for offense. He even subbed LeBron back in. It was the play, actually, LeBron got fouled at the end of the second and didn't get the call. Uh, and he was frustrated, and rightfully so. And then, fortunately, he got the call at the end of the game. But Darvin starting to pull that out, offense and defense substitutions, and specifically pulling out Austin Reeves on the defensive side and then putting him back in offensively. I thought that was that was a nice change. And we can say, well, that you know, that's a low bar to clear, right? To have offense, defense substitutions. A lot of coaches do that. Darwin should be doing that already. Fair, but at least we started to see it. We started to see it. I think that's Darwin starting to better understand strengths and weaknesses of his players and be able to uh emphasize those in ways that are going to be advantageous to the team. So I liked that we saw Darwin getting a little bit tricky with his substitutions, trying to focus on the offense versus the defense, leaning more on Rui, seeing that Rui's length was making a difference over an ice-cold Torian Prince out there. I thought that Darvin Ham, while it wasn't, it wasn't perfect, certainly wasn't perfect, but I thought that Darvin Ham did a better job pulling the right levers in this game when he needed to, in terms of where the minutes were being fed, who was going in, where, again, you can argue he should have had a big on the floor late. Uh, you, I still think you can go either way, but Overall, I thought that Darvin Ham coached a, a better game this time around than we've seen recently. All right, let's see what else we've got. I do need to get, you know what, let's just do this. So chat, what I'm going to get to is the star in your role award. And I think there's a number of different options. So remember, the star in your role goes to the player who we think performed his role the best. Okay. Who do we think did that? And I'm going to say LeBron isn't an option because he already got the superstar of the night. So it needs to go to somebody else. Who filled their role 
the best. Let's get to it. Star in your role. All right, so chat, let me know what you've got. Who do you have? I've got I've got a lot of Austin Reeves. I'm seeing Anthony Davis. Kill Raven says Masterlock Sengun flops. I will get to that. Damon says Austin Reeves. Kill Raven also says Austin Reeves. A lot of Austin Reeves. I'd see him Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. Oh, we're coming up with we've been if you were joining us over on playback, we were coming up with all kinds of different Cam Reddish puns. It was a good time. It was a good time. Uh, Campton America was one of them. We had all kinds of them that we were coming up with. Cam Reddy. Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves. A lot of people going Austin Reeves. Cam Reddish had the highest plus minus. Is that right? He had the highest plus minus in this one? Uh, let's see. Cam Reddish plus 13. You are correct. He did indeed. You know what, though? I am going to go... I thought Cam was good defensively. I especially liked him chasing around Fred Van Vliet. He did a nice job there. Uh, Van Vliet shot five for 14. I don't know how many of those were defended by uh, by Cam, but five for 14 shooting, three of 10 from three. 16 assists for Fred Van, Van Vliet. My goodness. The, speaking of which, the Lakers shot horribly from three. The Rockets shot very well. They were mid-40s for much of the game, slumped down to 38% by the end of it, but still 38% from three for the Rockets. They shot pretty darn well from deep. Uh, Cam is, is certainly a worthy candidate for this award. Did you like that? I did. I did. Uh, three steals again. Cam is just racking up the steals right now. But no, I am going to go. I'm going to go with Austin Reeves for this one. Five for seven, 17 points, six boards, six assists. And I'll tell you what, on a night when Austin was really needed, because D'Angelo Russell, we know he's streaky. On nights when he's hot, Man, he's a lot of fun. Tonight was not that night. And that's okay. He's had more he's had more good performances I think than bad. But tonight was not D'Angelo Russell's night. So the Lakers needed Austin to have a big night and he did. He did. We still saw the high pressure on him. We still saw the Rockets doing everything they could to make him uncomfortable handling the ball up top and there were still a few moments there where it got a little bit sloppy. But ultimately, when the Lakers needed him to make big plays, he did. He missed a free throw late, but that's, I guess, kind of a minor quibble because overall, I think he did. Um, I thought he had a fine fine game, and I'll go Austin Reeves. I'm going Austin Reeves for the star in your role award. Two of three from three. Yeah. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Somebody said, Trevor, how is it okay when you don't know what you're going to get from D'Lo night to night? Because that's that's what he is. Look, if, if he shoots a lot of threes, and there's going to be variance that comes with that. There's a reason why Steph Curry gets paid what he gets paid, because he shoots a lot of threes, and he almost always makes them, right? He'll have a cold night every once in a while. But most guys who are going to shoot a high volume of threes, they're going to have hot nights. They're going to have cold nights. They're going to have everything in between. It's just, it's a, it's a shot that comes with a lot of variance. So that's just part of that is just the nature of the beast, but it's also just D He has hot nights. He has cold nights. If he didn't, if he was just scoring 25 points every single night, then he's certainly not on a $17 million contract right now. He's probably not a Laker right now. And he's also a multi-time all-star if he's going for 25 and eight every single night. So yeah, I, I don't think I don't think when I look at D'Angelo Russell's performance tonight, I'm all that concerned. He just he had a rough shooting night. He had a rough shooting night. You know, like here's the thing. I can't I, I try to be as fair as I can when I'm analyzing players. And I know in the moment when a guy has a bad game, it can be frustrating to see. And we can demand consistency, but it's just not reality. We're not going to see consistency night in, night out. Even LeBron has bad games. His bad games, obviously, are much better than most people's bad games, but everybody has some bad games every now and then. If I'm the guy that at the beginning of the season is saying, I don't believe that Austin Reeves is this bad of a shooter and that he is going to bounce back at some point because I don't believe he's a 20% three-point shooter, I can't then turn around and say, well, Delo's inconsistent, and that's just unacceptable, right? I look at big picture. That's the way I analyze basketball. I look at the big picture approach. That's probably my history background. I know that game to game, guys are going to have good shooting nights. Guys are going to have bad shooting nights. Some guys can really go on a heater in a game, and then over the long haul, we get an idea of their overall value. So it's not fair for me to look at Delo when he's been really good, he had an off shooting night, and consider it anything else. If he was shooting this poorly all game, every single game, then okay, we'd say there's a trend here. But I don't think 
that's what we're looking at right now. I think this was just an off shooting night and that's it. And that's it. I'm not going to take it to be anything else till later. If we see him, if he goes 20 games shooting like this, okay, we got a problem. Uh, D'Lo, four points, Prince, two points, Wood, zero points. LeBron wouldn't have to carry this much if they had Levine. Again, you're taking one game, but sure, you could say if they had Zach Levine in this game, it would have helped. You're saying that those are the guys they would have had to trade. Well, realistically, though, to get Zach Levine, we're talking D'Lo, just to make the contracts work, D'Lo, Rui, and then Reeves or Gabe Vincent. That's, that's the deal to get to Zach Levine. So... Do you want to give up all that? And I like Zach Levine's a very talented player. So maybe you can make an argument for it. But I mean, you're cutting down some of your depth and you are. And again, I know the depth. Look, when the depth doesn't shoot well, like they did tonight. Yeah. You say, well, what's the point of having the depth then if they're not going to hit shots? But again, long haul, I, I don't think this. Hopefully this game is not going to be the norm, right? Koa, Anthony really tore his Achilles from half court. Okay. Okay. So I'm just going to, this is a bit of a spoiler here, but I'm going to do the master lock of the night right now. So chat again, anybody who's new, the way this works, the master lock, we take whatever was the most annoying thing from this game and we put it in not literally, but we put it in our buddy Chris the Masterpiece Masters finishing hold, the pro wrestler, the master lock. So, chat, this is where you get to fire off. What did you think was the most annoying thing from this game? And let's do this a little bit early. Master lock of the night. Master lock of the night. You guys are all going to provide way more, I think, serious things in terms of the Lakers than I am, but I need to talk a little bit about the guy that got himself hurt shooting the half court three, the half court shot to win money. It was like 55 grand was on the line and I'm going to get to your suggestions in just, in just a minute for the master lock. But whatever it was in that guy's leg that got injured to me, that's what's getting the master lock. You're at a game. You probably paid a fortune to get there and you go take a half court shot between the third and fourth quarter. It looked, I'm not a doctor, but man, it, it looked like maybe a torn Achilles. I don't know if there's, if we've gotten an update on him or, or what happened there. At first he tried to walk it off, like he's okay or whatever. Then he couldn't put weight on it, man. I, I'm sure the clip is floating, floating around out there. If you guys haven't seen it, but you pay all that money to go to a game. You're excited. You get chosen to maybe win 55 grand. I think it was shooting the half-court shot. And then something in your foot goes rogue and betrays you in front of all those people. What was it, like 27,000, 30,000 people? I don't know how many people are in the building. That's brutal. That's brutal. I feel for the guy. Whatever it is that happened in that foot, that gets the, that gets the master lock. Man, I've never seen anything like that. Never seen a fan getting hurt on the half-court heave to win money. Never seen that happen. Unreal. And I feel for the guy. I feel for the guy. Felt so bad. Zmoo said, 
easily the master lock. Felt so bad for my guy. I did too. I did too. I felt bad for him. I felt bad for him. All right. Let me get into your stuff that has to do with, with the Lakers, I'm sure. Your master locks. Master lock Sean's Wi-Fi. His Wi-Fi has been better recently. Been better for the most part. For the most part, it's been better. Yeah, why did that guy... Was that guy's name really Anthony? I didn't notice if, if it was. If it really was, man. Adriano said, Master Lock, our three-point tax. Torian Prince is our new Beasley. Again, he actually shot 41% from three in October. It's the month of November. It's been terrible. November can't end soon enough for, uh, for Torian Prince. You know why? You guys are going to like this. You know why? Because nothing lasts forever, even cold November rain. It's an old song. Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> three-point shooting, Miguel said. Yeah, three-point shooting definitely could get the master lock. Sengun flopping. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Mike Wolf said, I can't take it. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you guys join us over on playback, I get way worse with the puns and the and the dad jokes and all of that. It it gets it gets way worse. It really does. Masterlock tries. I'm sorry. Once once I officially became a dad, just they they started popping in my just naturally. It was like I don't know. It, it just it, it was like I was one of the X Men or something like that, and hit puberty. And there you go. There's my mutant powers or something. Crazy. Crazy. Sengun is really good, but yes, I think if I if I had to if I had to master lock anything from this game that wasn't that poor guy's Achilles or whatever it ended up, ended up being. Oh man. Master lock my quote. Come on. Little guns and roses. GNR people. Um, if I had to master lock anything, it's the three-point shooting. Because again, this was this was a game that really the way the Lakers were playing. Should have been a blowout. LeBron rests in the fourth quarter. AD rests, and we all just kind of kick back and relax. But then they shot twenty percent from three. You shoot a normal percentage from three, and this is a stress-free win for the Lakers. So if I had to pick a non-terrible thing happens to a fan uh, thing to master lock, it's I agree with you guys. It's the three-point shooting because man, that would have been such a big difference maker. Instead, LeBron wound up having to play 40 minutes. Now, again, we got the win, so we'll certainly take it, but the three-point shooting was not there tonight, and that was a big problem. Oh, Ham's challenge. I forgot about that. Darvin Ham's challenge. It's not good. Not good. Mom mentality. Trevor, do you listen to rock or rap? I'll listen to a little bit of rap, but really not much. Most of my puns and music references are going to be coming from rock and punk and things of, of that nature. That's just, that's my style. What can I say? I grew up in the nineties, right? It's the way, it's the way it goes. I grew up on, on green day and offspring and, and all of that sort of stuff. And then, and then later on into rise against and, and all the, all the good ones, Pennywise and, AFI and, and all this kind of stuff. So that's that's my jam. I like what I like. All right. Let's see what else we can get into here. 
Justin Brooks, the LeBron stopper, 37 points on 14 of 19 shooting. That's 74% people. And you gamble on the inbounds with four seconds left. How dumb, LOL. Good for us, though. I mean, look, Brooks shot the hell out of the ball, so give him credit. But yes, he gambled on the steal, and LeBron made him pay. And then if you noticed it, Brooks, once he realized, oh, no, I'm in, I, I, I'm beat here. He grabbed LeBron's jersey not once but twice in a desperate attempt to try to stop LeBron from freight training to the rim. And unfortunately, LeBron hit the free, hit the free throws. But yes, that was a very bad decision to gamble there by Brooks. But uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate it, Dylan. Dylan, you were, you know, you were a big part uh, of the Lakers' victory over the Memphis Grizzlies. We appreciated your contributions towards that effort. And even though you went berserk from three in this game, we do appreciate you uh, messing up that defensive coverage on that that final play. Certainly. Certainly was very useful for the Lakers. Ace of hearts. Torian officially lost his starting role to Vando when he gets back. He's been stinking up the threes, and he's not better defensively than Vando. Well, I, I do agree that he's not better defensively than, than Vanderbilt, and I don't think that was ever the, the case, ever you know a point that we were trying to make. Historically, he shoots much better from three than Vanderbilt does. He, just, he does. If, if... Prince just keeps shooting like this, the way he is right now, then yeah, it doesn't make a lot of Because one of the big things that Prince has in his favor over Vando is his ability to shoot the three. If he can't shoot the three, then we're talking, okay, do you, do you go Rui? Do you go Vando, right? Then, then you start looking elsewhere. But again, Prince has a long career of being a much better three-point shooter than what he is right now. Right now, we're talking about the month of November. Look, it's certainly frustrating Right, But for the month of November, we're talking about eight games. Eight games where he's shooting 22%. He had four games in October where he was shooting 41%. And this guy's been in the NBA for, what is it now? Eight years, maybe? Yeah, I mean... So, I can't look at these eight games and say, this simply is what Torian Prince is as a shooter. So when I look at, at what do you do... Do you bench Torian Prince or not? I'm still going to consider him to be a bigger three-point shooting threat than Jared Vanderbilt. Why? Because he's got a long career of, of being that. So I'm going to assume that the three-point shot's going to come back around. He's a 37% three-point shooter for his career. He shot 38% for Minnesota last season. He shot 41% for Cleveland in a season. So I think that the three-point shot will come around for Torian Prince. He's just in a rough stretch right now. If this continues, though, then yes, that is more of a push towards Vando, more of a push towards Rui being the starter. And then you can decide what you want to do. The challenge is if you start Vando, you could be really good defensively with Cam and Vando side by side, but teams are going to leave those guys behind the arc. They just are. And I know Cam has shot better from three in recent games, except for tonight's game, but he's got to prove that over a long period of time. And Vanderbilt, the same thing. We hope that he can start knocking down that three, that corner three with regularity, but he's going to have to prove that. And until he does, teams are going to leave him. Um, teams are going to pack the paint, and they're going to leave Cam. They're going to leave Vando until they prove that they can burn them from behind the arc. And it may take a little while for that to happen. So that's one of the challenges of starting Jared Vanderbilt, assuming you want to keep Cam Reddish in the starting lineup, which, again, I don't think, you know, even when Vando gets back, like I don't look at what Cam has done and think he's done anything to lose that starting spot. In my mind, Julian 
So LeBron James, no words. We're witnessing history, and it's just crazy to see what he's doing at this age with all that mileage. Hard fought, great win. Master lock the refs or Sengun for all the flops. LFG. Fair master lock there. I mean, Sengun is pretty floppy. There's no question. Uh, the refs fell for it. But I also thought that rather than flop, I think what Sengun did in this game, and I think there is a distinction here, I think he embellished. I think he embellished in this game. What I mean by that is he took real contact and made it look worse than it was. To me, that's embellishment. A flop is when there is no contact and you pretend like there was. You try to trick somebody into thinking there was contact. So I think there's a difference between the two. I think he was embellishing, but that's, you know, semantics there, I suppose. Yes, he does flail and, and all of that and try to draw attention. And it worked. It worked in this game. It worked. But I thought there was contact there. Thought there was contact. Can't shoot, but limited second chance points. That's key. Absolutely. Yeah. They limited the second chance points, and that's something we need to see from them consistently. The Lakers have not been good at that. Again, they're, they've actually been the worst in the NBA. Dead last at limiting second chance points. So to see them clean up the offensive glass in this game, fantastic. Again, they don't win this game if they don't do that. Kratos said, do not trade 80% of the roster for Levine. He won't make threes either. Upgrade on the margins. Caruso, Drummond, elite perimeter defense, elite size slash rebounding. I think you can make a real argument for that. For Caruso making sense. So you're, because Caruso is making $9 million. So what does it take to get there? Gabe Vincent, that salary gets you there. Maybe you could stack up a few players, depending on how many open slots the Bulls have. That's always a, you know, in-season can be a little tricky with trades because of roster slots. But yeah, I mean, if the value is there for Levine, I'm not opposed to it, but I just you're going to have to turn over a lot of your roster in order to get him. So if you believe he's the guy, that's going to take you to another level. If you believe he's the guy for the future, because he's got four years left on a contract at a pretty high cost. If that's what you believe about Zach Levine, that he's going to come to LA, he's going to hit another level and he's going to become an all-star caliber player. If that's what you think is going to happen for Zach Levine, by all means trade for him. But otherwise, if you think he's just going to be really, really good and maybe worth the money, maybe not, you're probably better off doing a move in the margins or looking elsewhere and seeing what you can find. Again, I like Zach Levine. I just, I think there's a, there has to be a limit to how far you go in order to get him if you're the Lakers. Uh, somebody with a fantastic name, Trevor, said, can we please give Rui Torian Prince's minutes? Well, if you did that tonight, then you're taking minutes away from Rui. Rui played more minutes than Prince in this one. They flip-flopped. Um, from what their usual roles have been. If you mean on a night-to-night -night basis, normally, th maybe that's coming. Because again, we saw it in this one. Fans have been asking for it for a while. I wish Rui wasn't 0 for 4 in, from 3 in this game because then you could make even more of a case for that to happen. But but it did happen tonight and wouldn't shock me if it's something that we see in the future as well. Kyle Drago said... I still feel like we barely saw Rui. He was in. He played. He played. Ace of hearts. I want Austin Reeves taking more shots. I feel like he's not as crafty anymore. 
and passive seven to 12 shots a game, preferably also refs are hot garbage for AD calls. I feel like we're not seeing Austin trick his way to the free throw line anymore. Not as much. Remember it was at least a couple of times every game last season where he'd get into the paint, he'd pump fake, he'd spin, he'd get guys in the air and he'd get himself to the free throw line when the Lakers needed him to. We're not seeing that nearly as much right now out of Austin. He just is in a different rhythm at the moment. And I hope that will come back gradually. But yeah, I think that, and Sean and I did this the other day, Sean Davis, who, by the way, who will be up in just a bit here for the Lakers Nation post-post game show. But Sean and I looked uh, at his recent turnovers and a lot of them could have been solved by him being a little more aggressive looking for a shot. A lot of the turnovers were caused when there was a shot available for him that instead he tried to pass. And that was just making the wrong decision in that moment. And I think being more aggressive and looking for a shot, what it's going to do is actually open up the pass for him a little bit more. He seems like he's in his head a little bit, getting stuck between pass and shoot and trying to be the facilitator on the offensive end. I think he needs to just go be aggressive, Austin Reeves. And by going after his shot and looking to score, the pass will open itself up. That, that would be my suggestion, but we'll see. Edward said trade Reeves and D'Lo, get Thibel, OG, Caruso. How are you getting all those guys? Guys that can play defense. I'm assuming he means not all of those guys, but some of them. Get guys that can play defense. Don't matter how much they score if they just give up easy points on the other end. So Matisse Thibel can apparently shoot the three when he's playing the Lakers. Does that extend to him playing for the Lakers? If it does, sure, get get him. I'm not saying you trade D'Lo or trade Reeves, but I think Caru- I think the Raptors' asking price is going to be very, very high on OG Ananobi. It has been for a while to the point where they haven't been able to get a deal done. Um, they haven't been able to get a deal done. So OG would be really tough. But Caruso, sure. I don't know about Portland and Tybal. Again, I've talked about this in the past, but Portland has never made a trade with the Lakers, and it's like a source of pride for their fans that they don't trade with the Lakers. I don't know if they if that is a really a thing in their front office or not, but if you could get them, sure. But of that list, I think Caruso would be, and I'm biased there, right? We've got fond memories of Caruso, but he'd be a nice fit. Robo James said, I would have died if Villain Brooks hit that. Oh, man, we all would have. That would have been awful. M. Dredd, it's still LeBron's team. Rui fell off the cliff. Well, did he? I mean, he didn't shoot the ball well tonight, but he shot the ball pretty well recently. It, didn't, it was just a few games ago. He had an 8 for 10 game. Now, some of those came in garbage time. But Rui, 11 points in this one tonight. Seven points last game. Okay, so five points the game before. But he was two for five shooting in only 18 minutes the last game. Last two games, Rui has played 28 minutes and 32 minutes. But you go back four games, he had 23 points on eight of 10 shooting. The game before that, 19 points on six of 10 shooting. I thought he had a really nice pull-up jumper in the mid-range. Really, when I look at Rui's stat line, he's one three-point make, in which that's not even a great percentage. He'd be one for four. He's one three-point make from us saying, yeah, that's a pretty nice night. He'd be five for 10 from the field, one for four from three, which not you'd ideally make one more and be 50%, but you know, you take it. And then 75% at the free throw line, three for four, four boards, two assists, two steals, and 14 points. So he makes one three 
And I don't think we can look at this game and be too disappointed in, in Rui Hachimura. And I thought he got his hands on the ball a number of times. Again, the Steels did a nice job playing passing lanes. I, I wasn't disappointed with Rui in this one. Mama mentality. Torian Prince struggling mightily. Reeves is more productive, to be honest. Start Reeves again. Torian Prince off the bench. So Torian Prince was struggling and it became, or I'm sorry, Reeves was struggling and it was bench Reeves. Now Torian Prince's shot isn't falling and it's bench Torian Prince and put Reeves back in. I think you just need to stick with something. I think you need, need to just stick with something here. And I, I kind of like staggering D'Lo and Reeves minutes a bit more. I think it's it's working to a degree. So do I think Austin is of starter quality? Yeah. But I also like him getting the opportunity to kind of run the show because I think long-term, that's probably going to pay off for the Lakers. So I wouldn't abandon that just yet. But he's saying go D'Lo, Austin Reeves, Cam, Braun, AD. The challenge is you don't have Gabe Vincent as your backup point guard right now, and he's not going to get reevaluated for another, what, week and a half. So that becomes a little bit challenging doesn't it? Because D'Lo and Austin, one of them basically has to be on the floor at the sa- at all times. And if they start the game together, it gets a little tricky with the minutes too. But Austin Reeves and D'Lo share the bench point guard minutes, need Gabe back. I mean, look, a lot of people have been asking about Jared Vanderbilt. A lot of people have been saying, Jared Vanderbilt, where is he? Right? When's this guy coming? Why is he not back yet? Right? He was cleared. The problem is he had a lower body injury. Right? He had an injury to his heel. So what it's going to take is him getting back on the floor and running and jumping and cutting and stopping and all of those things that he probably wasn't doing much of. Probably wasn't doing much of um, while he was recuperating because that's not going to help heal his foot. So it takes time to ramp that back up. If he had just broken his thumb then sure, he's probably right back on the floor as soon as he's cleared. But it's different when it's a lower body injury. And I say that because for Gabe Vincent also, it's a knee injury. And now it's, you know what, we haven't seen him in a few weeks. He only played four games. My guess is he'll be out probably a month, if not more, before he's actually cleared. And then once he's cleared, he's got to ramp up because, again, he's not running, jumping, stopping, doing all that stuff on his knee right now because that's not going to help it heal. So that's going to take time to get his legs ready to go. So when you get these lower body injuries, it's a little bit trickier for guys to get back out on the floor. It takes a little bit of ramp up time. And so that's number one, that's what we're seeing with Jared Vanderbilt and fingers crossed. Hopefully we see him sooner rather than later, but that's also going to be a factor with Gabe Vincent, where even once he's cleared, if if a week from a half from now, he's fully cleared to start ramping up. Doesn't mean we're going to see him on the floor right away. Uh, JPZ said, uh, became a, a YouTube member. So welcome in to the membership program. Certainly do appreciate you joining. We're going to have some extra content out for channel members, uh, tomorrow actually, which is exciting. And we did our first members only, uh, live stream last week where live, where members came on stage and got to talk basketball with us, with Sean and I, and, uh, and we had a pretty, pretty fun time with that. I enjoyed it. It was cool. All right, let's get to this one. Tan Baby said, Lakers should try to trade for Mikel Bridges instead of Zach Levine. Way better contract, and he plays defense. If you could get him, like if you told me you could get Mikel Bridges or you could get Zach Levine, I'd probably take Bridges. I do agree with that statement about his defense. 
I like what he can do defensively. He struggled a little bit this season. Nets fans have even been a little frustrated with him. Somebody on the front office show, a Nets fan actually came in with Keith Smith and I went live on Friday, which we do for our fun Friday show, uh, front office Friday as Keith yells. Um, which, by the way, if you guys haven't checked out the front office show yet, Keith Smith and I, Monday through Friday, we cover the entire NBA. So if you haven't checked it out yet, check out the front office show. Again, it's in the description of all of our videos, but you can also just search front office show. And uh, and we cover the whole NBA and we look at things from a salary cap perspective and break down all the latest news and, and all of that. It's a lot of fun. But uh, but somebody was on that show saying, I'm a Nets fan and I don't like Mikael Bridges. Can we trade him? Whatever. He hasn't shot the ball well this year. If the Nets do start to sour on Bridges, yeah, absolutely go after him. But I think the asking price is going to be high. And that's the challenge. When we're talking Zach Levine, we're talking Bridges, we're talking anybody of that caliber, there's probably going to be a bidding war to get that guy. Probably going to be a bidding war. So can the Lakers get into a bidding war and can they win it? Do they have the assets available? Certainly don't have the draft capital. They have the contracts that they can stack up, but can they win a bidding war for a highly sought-after player? That's where I could see it getting uh, tricky. Very tricky. Andrew said, D'Lo Gabe JHS. By the way, JHS was available to play in tonight's game. Uh, first game that he's been available for in the regular season so far. Did not play as we expected. Weren't expecting him to get on the floor. Maybe we see him in a blowout situation. Otherwise, I think he's going to get a lot of reps rep, uh, reps in the G League. D'Lo, Gabe, JHS, and Prince for Levine and Caruso. Does the money work on that? I don't think it does. No, the money would not work on that. Let Braun run the point like 2020 with Levine, Cam, Vando, AD starting, fix your shooting and good defense. Yeah, again, the money doesn't work, but even if it did, so here's the problem with saying, let LeBron run the point. He doesn't want to. It wears him out. He doesn't want to do that. He didn't want to do that years ago. That's why the Lakers originally traded for Dennis Schroeder. I'm talking about back in 2020 when they traded for Dennis Schroeder. That was why they traded for him, was to have somebody else who could run the offense. And so LeBron didn't have to do it. That was why they traded for Russell Westbrook, or part of it. So they had somebody else who could do it. So LeBron doesn't have to set up the whole offense. Now, obviously, it didn't work. But LeBron has been trying for years to not have to be the primary initiator all game, every game. He wants other guys that can do that. So that's the other problem here is that if you go, obviously, this trade doesn't, the logistics of it don't work. But even if you did something else and you say the goal is to put LeBron at the point, he's not going to be happy. He's not going to want to do that. If it's late in the game, sure, he'll do it. If it's a playoff game, sure, he'll do it. But over the course of the regular season, he doesn't want to have to set up the whole offense every single play, every single game. He wants to be able to take a few plays and go stand in the corner and let the other guys do some things. And if the moment opens up, he can cut to the basket or he can spot up and shoot the three. And I don't blame him. It's a good way to increase his longevity and hopefully get to the playoffs healthy. Play in 40 minutes. Uh, not such a step in that direction. Reeves, D'Lo, Vincent for Zach. That's close. I think that gets there, money-wise. It'd be close. I'd have to go in and run the exact numbers. But if you could do that, do you do it? You take both your point guards 
and you trade him for Zach Levine? I don't know. What does the chat think? What does the chat think? Would you do that? I'm seeing no, no way. Yeah. I don't think, and the Lakers, uh, reports suggested the Lakers had said, we're not going to trade Austin Reeves in any Zach Levine trade. And so I'm, yeah, I wouldn't do this. Especially because you're now asking Zach Levine to be your primary creator. I don't know that that's what he's really best at. He can do it a little bit, but. All right, Senpai, my guy said, this same team, minus some pieces, including LeBron, was way better post-deadline. The only difference is Vando. He must be the key. Goat in MVP convos. <laughs> that the difference between last year's post-trade deadline team and this team is Jared Vanderbilt. You know, I'm concerned because people latch on to Vando right now. Like, oh, he's going to fix the defense. I think he helps. He's going to fix the rebounding. He helps in those areas. But the Lakers have other issues that Vando doesn't solve. He doesn't solve the rebounding problem. He doesn't solve any perimeter defense problem. He helps, but he doesn't solve it. And to look at it in any other way, to expect Vando to be some kind of a, a savior, to come in and fix everything, a cure-all, I think is putting too much on a guy that really is, at his best, a high-level role player. That's, that's what he projects to be. So to ask him or to have the expectation that he's going to come in and change everything, I don't think that's realistic for Jared Vanderbilt. Now, why were the Lakers better post-trade deadline? Well, you've got a better defensive player on the perimeter in, in Dennis Schroeder. That certainly matters. But also, I think that team had the night-in, night-out motivation of we need to win. Our playoffs have basically already started. We have to win every single game. Otherwise, we're not making the postseason. I think that was a factor. We saw the team fully pushed down on the gas pedal nearly every night with the exception of maybe that one ill-fated game against the Rockets. They had the gas pedal pushed down, pedal to the metal for that entire stretch. The team right now in November isn't doing that. And I don't think they can be expected to do that either. That said, there's also some, you know, not having Vando, that does matter. Not having Dennis Schroeder, of course, that matters. LeBron's been great. Rui's not been quite as impactful as he was in the postseason, especially. But Austin's not been as good. Delo's not been quite as good. Everybody's kind of taken a little bit of, or a number of guys have taken a little bit of a step back, and then you don't have that motivating factor sitting in front of you. Why are the Lakers always bad at threes? New people, same brick. It's the curse. The curse of the purple and gold jersey. You put it on, your three-point percentage goes down. It's the way it goes. Now, some guys increase their three-point percentage, but... You know, I didn't think the Lakers were going to be a great three-point shooting team this year. I thought, I was hoping they would figure, finish somewhere around like 20th in the NBA in three-point percentage. I knew they weren't going to be a high-volume three-point shooting team, and they're not going to be the most efficient three-point shooting team, but I was hoping they could at least be somewhere in that kind of average-ish range. And unfortunately, they've been much worse than that. Hopefully by the end of the season, though, they've settled into that kind of average part. All right, shout out to Alec, becoming a YouTube channel member. Welcome. And then B0, gifting a Lakers Nation membership as well, which is something that's really cool that you can do. You can actually gift a membership to people. All right. Well, we do have the Lakers Nation post-post game show with Sean Davis starting up in just a moment. That's going to continue on right here for this show. So don't go anywhere. This is just going to be it 
for me, but Sean's show, the Lakers Nation Post postgame show, is going to be starting up right now. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Sean's going to break down some of the X's and O's, some of the analysis, what happened in this game that allowed the Lakers to get the W. But I enjoyed talking Lakers basketball with all of you. Thank you again for everybody who contributed with the Super Chat. Anybody who I didn't get to yet, I'll put on to tomorrow's show. We'll discuss all of those. Don't worry, you will not get skipped. And again, thanks for joining me. Till next time, everybody. See ya. And stay safe.